Are you ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again? It's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhind, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Josh and I were recently out to dinner and we were seated next to a table of four women and they started asking questions about us. We were so cute and how long have we been together? And when we said we had been married for almost four years, one of the women said, oh, I can't even get my man to text me back after a day. And I looked at her and I said, oh no, you are a goddess, a goddess, and you deserve much better. She got the biggest smile on her face. I mean, just beautiful white teeth, huge smile. Her eyes suddenly lit up. There was a glisten, like almost a little bit of a tear. And she said, really? You think of me? You see me as a goddess? And I said, absolutely. And she just seemed to float at that moment, as if no one had called her a goddess before. And here's the thing. We are all goddesses. And I call some of my retreats that. My upcoming retreat at the Versace Mansion in Miami is called Goddess Girls. And my upcoming retreat in Greece is called Gifts of the Goddess. And I've had some people ask me and say, ah, that word kind of like skews me out. Why do you have to use that word? Seems cheesy. And so today's episode of the Purpose Girl podcast is all about why we have to use the word goddess, why we are all goddesses. And by the end of this episode, I want you to feel into your body that sense that you are a goddess. So first, let's describe what the word goddess means. So you could either look at it as a female deity, right? If we look up the actual dictionary definition, right? Dictionary.com says a goddess is a female god or deity. And why shouldn't we be deities? We are divine. I'll get into that. But the second definition on dictionary.com of a goddess is a woman of extraordinary beauty and charm. A woman of extraordinary beauty and charm. And the third definition I love says a greatly admired or adored woman. A greatly admired or adored woman. Merriam-Webster has similar definitions, also a female deity, and a second definition, a woman whose great charm or beauty arouses adoration, right? So a woman who is adored, who is admired, and with that definition, isn't then every woman a goddess, or shouldn't we see ourselves as goddess? Aren't we worthy of adoration, Here's the thing, you might be listening to that and saying, but I don't feel beautiful or I don't feel like I deserve adoration or maybe you aren't even cognitively aware of it, but there's some inner part of you that feels like squirms when someone says to you, you're beautiful or when someone gives you a compliment about your dress or when someone tells you that they see you as 
so kind and charismatic and talented? Like, do you squirm when you hear compliments? If so, the issue is not the definition of the word goddess or being called a goddess. The issue is you not feeling or accepting your goddess nature. The truth is that every woman is a goddess. And I want to break this down. First of all, the definition of female god or deity, right? So what does it mean to be divine? What does it mean to be divine, right? The word divine, that something is sacred, that something is holy. Which means if you look up that definition of or from God, So whether you believe in God or the universe or some sort of higher power or goddess or great mother or whatever it is, right? Divinity is simply being of this higher power. Divinity is being connected to your own light. And so if you are a goddess, that female deity, what you're really saying is, I am holy, I am sacred. And the thing is that I think as women, we get caught up in worth being something, well, something that's a comparison, right? That you don't feel as worthy as someone else. Old stories from when we were in middle school or high school. Or you were told maybe to not be so boastful, not to brag about yourself. You were told that if you are special, then that means other people are not. And so we need to be, we we can't do that to other little girls. We can't do that to other little boys. We have to be smaller. But what if, what if every single one of us is holy? What if every single one of us is sacred? What if every single one of us is special and divine? That's what I want to offer here. And we can look to the great goddesses to see our own divinity, right? So I love this. So if you think about every goddess, every goddess had a special gift, had a special talent, right? A special way that they protected the world. Aphrodite, for instance, the Greek goddess of love, of fertility, right? Aphrodite, the goddess of love. And, you know, no man could resist Aphrodite, right? When she was like in her magic. She was in her magic. She was the goddess of love. And I could just picture her like sprinkling love all over. And anytime you want to elicit the feeling of sensuality, of love, you can just embody Aphrodite wearing pink, flowy items, putting on perfume, right? It doesn't have to be for somebody else. You do it for yourself. You take a bubble bath as the goddess of love and you love yourself. So Aphrodite was the goddess of love. Artemis, also a Greek goddess, was the goddess of nature, of the hunt, right? So she was all about, like, she had her bow and arrow, and unlike a hunter man, you know, who would just go out and, like, shoot as much as he could, like, she protected nature. And she was able to focus in on what it was that she was hunting, just one bow and arrow. So the goddess of the hunt, it's Diana also, which was a Roman goddess, similar to Artemis, the goddess of the hunt and wild animals. Luna, the Roman goddess of the moon, responsible for fertility and childbirth. Kali, the Hindu goddess, 
considered the dark goddess. She represents death and rebirth. I did an episode a few episodes ago was all about anger. What do we do as women with our anger? What do we do with our grief? And I call upon Kali. And I say, take this because she is fire. She burns up what you no longer need. So she allows something, a relationship that is ready to die or a job that is ready to die. You are ready to shed an old pattern, right? An old habit, let's say old negative thinking about yourself or a pattern of being, you know, consistently beating yourself up. You give it to Kali, to this kind of destroying goddess who in her destroying, if you think about fire, Fire burns something up, right? You put a stick into fire, it burns it up and it creates fire. It creates food, right? The fire. So you burn up the stick, the wood, in order to be able to purify water, right? Water, if you put kind of dirty water or kind of water from a river onto fire, it will purify it. And then it will also cook food. So Fire has that ability. So that's what Kali does, you know, death and rebirth, which by the way, every woman, every cycle of the moon, we go through this death and rebirth cycle, life, death, life, right? Because our moon blood, our period comes and it's the potential for life. Every month when the egg comes, there's this opportunity for life. And then when it's not fertilized, it begins to die off and we shed our uterine lining and then we come back to life again. So really this is this cycle and that's what Kali is for. Lakshmi, the goddess of abundance, of money. She's a Hindu goddess of good fortune, of prosperity, of wealth, and of so much more. There's so much about these goddesses I don't know. But the amazing thing when we look at any of these goddesses and there are so many, each one of them had a particular charm. She had a particular talent, a particular gift that she offered the world, that she supported, right? So this idea of divinity, of holy, of sacred was all based on each of these goddesses, each of these women or women figures having a purpose. And so the question is, what is your purpose? What is holy and sacred in you? What are you the goddess of? Right In my upcoming God- Gifts of the Goddess retreat in Greece, it's going to be five days and four nights of diving into this question. What are you the goddess of? Right? Are you the goddess of empowering women? Are you the goddess of your household? Are you the goddess of art? And the goddess of, you know, creating murals, whatever your particular gifts are. And each one of us was born for this. And that is where your beauty comes from. That is where your charm comes from. That is the foundation of why you deserve to be admired and adored. Not because you need to be the totally impossible image of a model, you know, that is five foot 10 and a hundred pounds, 
But right now, that is how we think about beauty. If we look at the other definitions of the word goddess, a woman of extraordinary beauty and charm, a woman who is adored for her beauty, who's greatly adored and admired. Unfortunately, so many of us, so many women feel so unattractive, do not feel beautiful. But this is incredibly important to feel like a goddess. And don't you want to feel like a goddess? Don't you want to walk through your town, walk through your home with your head held high, with your shoulders back, with your heart open? Don't you want to be able to walk by a mirror and look in that mirror and feel beautiful? This is possible not when you lose 20 pounds, not when you go to the gym and change your muscle structure, not at some later date when you have a different job or when your kids are out of the house. This is possible right now. And I know this because I spent last weekend with 500 women at an event where we were each instructed to dress in what was beautiful to us, at the edge of beauty to us, right? So our own personal edge, something that whatever we see as beautiful, as divine, as sexy, and wherever that edge is that maybe we would think, oh, I would love to wear that, but who am I to wear a ball gown? Or, oh, I would love to wear a hot leather fetish outfit, you know, for kink, but who am I to wear that? I'm a housewife, you know, whatever it might be. So, so, but we were all instructed to do this and we've been in this three month program for women. And so I showed up and I showed up in a full on ball gown. I mean, gorgeous, beautiful, probably a 10 foot train, a dress that I bought 10 years ago. I actually bought this dress. I was at a little store outside of Cleveland, Ohio with my sister. And there was this beautiful two-piece red silk gown. The top is like a, um, like a corset and the bottom is this big flowing skirt with this long train, all silk. And it was $1,500 marked down to 150. And of course they only had one of them and it fit me perfectly. And so I said at the time, I am going to buy this for when I'm on the Emmys one day, right? Because I want to have a TV show. So one day I'll be on the Emmys and this will be my dress. What's hilarious about that is I was still in corporate America. I hadn't yet left my job to go back to grad school. I hadn't yet been doing this work. But I believed that I was a goddess. I believed that one day my dreams would come true. I believed in my gifts. And I had fun with it. The same thing happened last week when Josh and I were out to dinner. I've been feeling really called lately to dress more and kind of flowy, feminine, flowery. What's funny is I also have been feeling called to dress more in hot leather, kink, show my belly, hot pants. And so I have been buying outfits that are like the hot leather and I wore that out to the Pride Festival in Philadelphia. And then I felt really called to this feminine dress. And I bring all of this up because I was wearing this like flowy, new, it was ye it's yellow and flowery and off the shoulder and really feminine when he and I went to this restaurant. And my sh I felt so beautiful in this dress. It was so unlike me, this dress. It's not something unlike, like anything I own. I felt so beautiful. 
my shoulders were back and my heart was open and I was really having a great time with myself feeling beautiful, right? He was parking the car and I was walking down the street just feeling beautiful. doesn't matter if I actually was to anyone else. I felt it. I was like flirting with myself. I was flirting with the streets of Philadelphia, enjoying myself. When we walked by the patio of this restaurant and these four women started saying, oh my God, look at that woman. Look at her dress. Look at her. And I stopped and I twirled for them and I flirted with them a little bit. I was like, oh, I just got this dress today. Thank you. I felt like such a goddess. And then we went into that restaurant and we were seated right next to those four women. And so a goddess is fully in her divinity. And to do that, we have to decide that we are attractive, that we are fabulous, that we are charming, that we are beautiful. The fact is that attractive people, according to research, are more likely to achieve success. Research studies have shown that people who are considered quote-unquote attractive, who feel attractive, are more hireable as managers and management trainees. They're offered higher salaries. They they receive higher performance evaluations. They get better ratings. So what's going on there? Well, some of what I think is really going on isn't about the physical outside. What's going on is the feeling inside. Haven't you seen that woman? I feel like we've all seen that woman who does not fit the cultural definition of beauty, right? She may have a beautiful big bottom or she may have voluptuous curves. She may have crooked teeth, whatever it is, but there's something about her that is so delightful, so charming, so effervescent, so attractive, so magnetizing. She is drawing people in. She is drawing in men and women, whoever, to buy her drinks. She is drawing people in who stand in a circle and want to hear her stories. What does that woman have going on? It's not about her physical beauty. Because who decides physical beauty anyway? That is a made-up standard, made up, frankly, by men and by cosmetics industries and by the beauty industry. My husband and I were at the Met, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York a couple of days ago. And you go through a museum and beauty back in 1300 European countries, right, which is where some of the artwork was from, looked very different than beauty today in America or the UK or right, a Western society. Beauty, a woman had a beautiful round belly, a woman had beautiful round butt cheeks, a woman had, that was considered beautiful. So beauty really is in the eye of you. It is not what society says, right? Because we can go to different cultures and within different cultures, within different nationalities, beauty is something different. Some nationalities say big breasts are beautiful. Some say smaller breasts are beautiful. Some cultures say, you know, a voluptuous round woman is beautiful. Some say a thin woman is beautiful. The fact is, my friend, every woman is beautiful. Every woman is beautiful. Every body shape is beautiful. 
because beauty is how you feel about yourself. And when you feel like you are worthy of being a goddess, you start treating yourself differently. You start giving yourself bubble baths. You start looking at your toes and saying, oh my gosh, look at your toes. You are so cute. You start walking by a mirror and you stop and you praise yourself and you say, wow, I look beautiful today. When you feel worthy of being beautiful, when you feel like a goddess, you walk down the street and you are attractive, attract, because you're glowing, because you're radiant. And that is how, that's the power of being a woman, right? We have come to believe that our power is in being the masculine. Now listen, everyone has feminine and masculine in them. Every woman has masculine and feminine in her. Every man has masculine and feminine in him. The masculine is the do, 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 get all A's, get it done, push through it, you got it. And that's good. We need that sometimes. The feminine is the intuitive, is the creative, is the play, is the space of unknowing and allowing, of manifesting and attracting in, of having fun, of flirt, of pleasure. And we need that too. The thing is, is that most of us goddesses were raised in a very masculine culture where we were told that our feminine sides weren't as important, right? You can be sitting in a meeting. I was actually just discussing this with a client who was in a meeting and she had an intuition about what the team needed to do, but she didn't say it because she thought if they asked her why she thought that they should do this idea, the only answer she had was her intuition and that that wasn't good enough. So ultimately she didn't speak up and the team went with an idea that was back, someone else had said and was backed by some statistic and that idea didn't work. Her idea would have worked. Right? How many times have you been in a situation where your intuition has told you, but your brain says, oh, no, 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 don't say that out loud. No, 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 that's not as respected. We can change that because a woman who listens to her intuition, I mean, think about mothers. Any of you who are mothers, there's a mother's intuition about your child. Intuition. And women are the creators. There is no being alive that wasn't created by, that wasn't birthed by woman. So whether you can do art or write doesn't matter to me. Women are naturally creators when we allow ourselves to be in that place of sensuality. Sensuality means taking in through the senses, and that's what a goddess does. A goddess allows her feminine and her masculine. There's a place for both. The masculine creates kind of a container. The feminine actually comes first. The feminine leads. The feminine begins with intuition, with creativity, with feeling into the senses, and when there's a knowing, the idea, like my client, of what needs to happen, then the masculine says, okay, now how are we going to do that? This is what it means to be a goddess in modern day. One of my clients, as we were talking through her being a goddess, she's in a very corporate environment. She said, I can't be a goddess, but what she was longing for, right? She was so exhausted from her life. She was so burnt out. She felt so gray. She was longing for color. She was longing for creativity. She was longing to feel beautiful and alive. 
And the way that she does that is to begin feeling beautiful about herself. And then as she showed up feeling beautiful about herself, as she changed how she treated herself, as she allowed her feminine to have equal weight within her own decision-making, as she felt worthy and beautiful and alive, what do you know? People at the office started wanting her opinion more. People wanted to be around her. She was promoted because that's the power of the feminine. It's magnetizing and it's not about what society has said is quote unquote beautiful. In fact, what our society says is beautiful is downright impossible for about 99% of us, right? So depending on which research study you look at and how much women dislike their bodies, right? So there's a Dove study that was commissioned two years ago that found that about 80%, nearly 80% of women did not like their bodies. Body dissatisfaction has become one of the biggest issues of our time. And we look at, well, what is going on here? What's going on here? And what's happening here is that we are internalizing messages that we get from the media. When in fact, like if we look even just 30 years ago, top models and beauty queens weighed only about 8% less than the average woman. Only 8% less, right? Just 30 years ago. Look at Marilyn Monroe as a beautiful example that her body was not that different than the average woman. But today, the average model weighs 23% less than the average woman. The current media ideal for a woman is achievable, right? That the, the, what a typical quote-unquote model looks like, what we see in the fashion magazines, is only achievable by a handful of us, less than 5%. And this is a study I found from 1997, so it's probably even worse at this point. But it's only achievable by less than 5% of the female population in terms of weight and size. And then if you want to add in that the, the weight is in the right shape and that your face looks the way you want to look it's probably more like 1% according to this study. So here we are, so many women feeling so dissatisfied, so unhappy with how they look, feeling so not beautiful, feeling not like a goddess. For what? For some ideal that 99% of us cannot achieve. But we get to flip that. We get to decide. We get to decide that we are a, a goddess worthy of adoration and admiration. A research study by Forbes and colleagues in 2005 actually looked at body dissatisfaction as it relates to their mothers, right? And what they found is that college women had greater internalization of the media messages than middle-aged women, than older women. However, what they found is that college-age women had a greater internalization. They internalized the media messages more if their mothers had a higher body dissatisfaction. So if we, as mothers, have a higher dissatisfaction with our body, and you know who you are, and that's most of us, right? There is an Instagram star right now. She's amazing. I love her, who has been getting a lot of accolades lately for putting her very regular-sized body out all over Instagram. 
I think she says, I don't, I don't want to misquote. I don't remember if she's a, a size 10 or a 12 or a 14, but kind of the quote unquote average woman size. And I love it. She, you know, used to dislike her body and not show it. And she's absolutely an Instagram star and is showing her body. Her name is Jenna Kutcher. She's amazing. I look at a woman of every size. This weekend, I was with 500 women of all different sizes, all different colors, all different shapes, all different nationalities, women who flew in from around the world. Every woman there was beautiful. I don't care what her size was. I don't care what the color of her skin was. She was beautiful because she knew she was beautiful. Because she said no more to those media messages and instead decided, she decided that the thin ideal of our society was not going to define her worth. And that is how we shift the face of beauty. And I'm deciding that I've decided the same thing. It's really about internalization. Are you internalizing those messages? You don't have to. Instead, you can choose. This is a choice, right? What we know from positive psychology is that about 40% of the difference in your happiness is 100% in your control. At least 40% of your happiness is within your control, and it's because of the choices that you get to make every day. The choice of what you eat, the choice of whether or not you move your body, the choice of do you participate in the activities you love. One of my clients came to me, and she was, honestly, she, she shopped a lot. Not even She wasn't even like happy with her shopping. It was just something to fill the time. She was unhappy in so many aspects of her life. Just kind of seemed flat. And as we really started looking into what choices she was making, what choices she wanted to make, one of her desires, her great loves when she was younger was to be in tumbling, right? Gymnastics. And she stopped doing it. And here she was, a woman in her 40s, picking up gymnastics again, and she got her color back. She was adorable and beautiful and magnetizing and doing her backflips. She would send our group pictures of her as she did more and more and more gymnastics And she became that gorgeous, beautiful goddess because she became a goddess of joy. She then started looking at what else she was so interested in. Building furniture was something for her. So now she's building different furniture, picking up scrap pieces, and she is alive. She is colorful. That's a choice, right? So it's a choice. What are you doing with your time? Are you filling it with joy? Are you filling it with pleasure? And what messages do you internalize? This is so important. Remember, a goddess, right? There's a couple definitions. A goddess is a female deity. So she's seen as holy and sacred. Now, before you tell me, well, my husband doesn't treat me as sacred, or well, my boyfriend doesn't respond to my messages, or whatever, I want you to go underneath that then why are you accepting a boyfriend who doesn't text you back? That's your choice. That's your decision. You must first treat yourself as sacred and holy. And I'm not suggesting that you get a divorce, right? If your husband doesn't treat you like a goddess, the question is, are you treating yourself like a goddess? Are you taking exquisite care, buying beautiful lotions to, you know, rub into your body after a shower? Are you spending some time in the morning meditating or journaling, being in nature? Are you allowing yourself to write out your desires and vision for your life and your hopes? What are you eating? Are you treating your body as holy? 
I'm actually taping this entire podcast right now with a tiara on my head. Yep, a tiara. Because I'm decided I'm going to treat myself as holy and treat myself as sacred and treat myself as beautiful no matter what. So remember, number one is that female deity or God, and you can choose if you're treating yourself as holy. You can choose to look at yourself and start looking at what is your purpose in life and that you are going to be the goddess of, just like Aphrodite, the goddess of love, you are the goddess of what? Of knitting beautiful designs, of weaving, the goddess of financial bookkeeping, the goddess of, you choose, you can have a long list. That's being a deity. And then number two, a woman who is admired and adored, whose charm or beauty arouses adoration, you must allow your own charm, your own beauty to arouse your own adoration first. And that is all about if you choose to internalize different messages out there or not, and what do you choose to internalize? You can choose to internalize the message. You can choose to hear me on your shoulder all the time that you are beautiful. You're beautiful in your light, in your glory, in your joy, in your pleasure, in your fun, in your purpose. And you are beautiful in your darkness. You're beautiful in your sadness. You're beautiful in your grief. You're beautiful in your anger. It's accepting your whole self, being the whole woman. You are beautiful in all of you. You can choose to get to know your purpose. You could choose to come on a retreat with me or someone else. You could choose to work with a coach and really get to know what are my gifts. You could choose to do that work and feel beautiful and alive and like a goddess because you're treating your gifts as holy by figuring that out. You choose who you surround yourself with. Are you surrounding yourself with women who complain all the time? Women who complain about their bodies? Women who complain that they feel fat? Women who complain that their husbands are jerks? Women who complain about their jobs? Well, you're going to internalize all that. You need a big, strong pink bubble around you if that is who you are around all the time. Or are you going to choose to be around women who love themselves and praise you? Because those are the only women I will be around anymore. Those are the only people. All of my girlfriends now love themselves and love me. Now, that doesn't mean that they never feel crappy, right? My very best friend, she feels crappy a lot. But she loves herself enough to know that now it's time to meditate. Now it's time to go for a walk. She knows she needs a walk every single day. She knows now it's time for me to take care of me. Now it's time to put a boundary around if she sees the people who are toxic in her life, how often she sees them. That's loving themselves. It doesn't mean being happy-dappy all the time. It's loving herself enough to know she needs yoga every single week. And she praises the heck out of me. She's constantly telling me how amazing I am, how incredible I am, all these things. And I do that for her. So I have several groups of goddesses where we are just constantly telling each other how amazing they are, who we adore each other. Can you imagine if those were the messages that you're around all the time, if you were to be in a group of women who adored you, 
who admired you? Can you imagine how high you would fly? Can you imagine how you would feel like a goddess? My last episode was all about sisterhood. If you didn't listen to that, please go back and listen to that. Because you need to be surrounded by people who praise you for your beauty, for your gifts. And you need to praise yourself. And frankly, if you're still worried about the media images telling you that you're not worthy of adoration or you're not worthy of admiration because of your body shape, we can even change the media. Because you can tell a company what you want. You can tell them, I don't want to shop at your store until you change your image. I don't want to participate with your brand until you change what beauty looks like. You get to choose that. You get to vote with your money. We get to choose. We can redefine beauty. We can redefine that every woman is a goddess and we can treat every other woman like that. Can you imagine a world where we treated every woman like she was beautiful? Try it. Try every day complimenting one woman on something about her. And then try receiving that compliment back like a goddess. Now, I know that you may have old stories of not being worthy, old stories from middle school, old stories from early child abuse. And those are painful and horrible. And those stories need to be worked out with a therapist, with a coach. But even with those old stories, you can start now to say, I'm going to make a choice and see myself as a goddess. I'm worthy of it. Or I'm going to get support and help. I'm going to go on a yoga retreat or on a Greece retreat with Karen or something so that you start to feel it in yourself. So that you start to identify your gifts and you start to feel so proud and so delicious and so luscious in those gifts that you are spreading them far and wide. That's the beauty of being a woman, of being a goddess, is that we radiate our light and it creates ripple effects. We light everyone up with our light. That's what it is to be a goddess. And my love, you are a goddess. Every woman is. We were born. We were born to be goddesses because we were born to be holy. We were born to be sacred. We were born to share our gifts. And we were born beautiful no matter what your body, shape, size, color, any of that. And so your purpose power tips, number one, I want you to look in the mirror every day and tell the woman in front of you, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Even better if you take the tips of your fingertips and you gently stroke your cheek or your chin or your neck and repeat to yourself, you're beautiful. Just the way you would want a lover to whisper to you. Purpose power tip number two, find yourself your version of that yellow dress, that goddess dress. Actually, the funniest thing happened a couple of days, two days after I wore that yellow dress, Josh and I were in a store for him. It was Father's Day and um, we were buying clothes for him and there was this rack of silk women's dresses. Oh my goddess. And there was this one white silk dress that had this beautiful v-neck and it was just flowy and it was total silk. It was, excuse me, satin, so soft. And it was $500. And I'm like, I can't spend $500 on a dress. It was the same price as my wedding dress. But just to test out how it feels to put on a $500 dress, I bought it. I went, excuse me, I tried it on. And oh my goddess, I felt like such a goddess. So flowy, so beautiful. And I decided, this is the moment I decide, am I going to treat myself like a goddess, like I'm holy, like I'm worthy? 
of nice things. And like, I am talented enough to make back the $500. Am I going to treat myself like a goddess or not? And I said, yes, I'm going to treat myself like a goddess. And that outfit is so beautiful. I'm going to wear it. Both of my upcoming goddess retreats, the one in Miami and the one in Greece. And I know that the money will be made back. In fact, I already, I already made it back. So number two is to Wear a goddess outfit, whatever that means to you. It might be, mean hot leather pants, or it might mean flowy dress, or it might mean a ball gown. Wear it. Wear it around the house. Wear it when you look in the mirror. Allow yourself to feel like a goddess. And number three, evaluate your life and what are you the goddess of? What is that core purpose, talent? What are you the goddess and of course, I would love to hear from you. I'd love for you to send me an email and let me know, hey, Karen, I'm the goddess of box making. I'm the goddess of, you know, fertility, whatever it might be. I'm the goddess of sunlight, of moonlight, whatever it is. Or let me know if you need help identifying your gifts of your own goddess. As always, I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, please rate it five stars, review it, download it subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, share it with every woman in your life who you want to feel beautiful. If your mother needs to feel beautiful, your sister needs to feel beautiful, your sister-in-law, your mother-in-law, your friends, your book club, let's spread this so that every woman alive feels like a goddess. So that every woman alive wears a tiara like I am right now. I wore it to run today. I was feeling a little cranky when I woke up and I was like, nope, I'm going to be a goddess. And I put on my tiara and I went for a run. So let's spread this far and wide so that every woman feels and is adored, adores herself in the way that she's deserving of. And of course, for more, for information about my retreats, for information about coaching with me, for information about having me come speak to your company, then go to purposegirl.com and you can get my free Living on Purpose guide and sign up for my newsletter and you'll start getting those messages. It has been such an honor and a pleasure spending this time with you. May you live purposefully, may you love yourself, and may you love life. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.